never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 91, the show that might want to think about a new record day. <laughs> right? <laughs> Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft one or two topics at a time. My name is Jin, the one who wrote these notes knowing that I'll be recording this instead of playing through the Dragonflight epilogues. And today I'm joined by someone that is either laughing or nodding their head along with this conundrum of recording instead of playing through more story content. It's it's Allie. <laughs> I'm here recording instead of reclaiming Gilneas and I'm dying a little inside, but I love you listeners oh so much. Kind of like Jin, he's alright I guess, I guess I'll keep him. And uh, we're doing this thing, so this is, this is good. I'll yeah. reclaim Gilnaeus tomorrow after raid. It's fine. Yeah, there's. I've, I've <laughs> already had to ignore spoilers in Discord channels as people have already started talking about it. Yep. I, yep yeah. I'm not looking at Discords at all. Like, I, like <laughs> I'll play through it. I know there was some kind of cinematic that dropped. Like, I, I, as much as I love seeing all the things, I want to see it now. As a podcaster, it's really hard to not get the spoils, you know? The spoils, we're going with that. And so, like, I want to play through it naturally and experience it live. So I am working very hard to avoid spoilers. Might kill me. Can I, can I now start saying, instead of, dude, spoiler, <laughs> I really just want to say, dude, don't don't give me the spoils. Come, no. <laughs> yes. Don't Which, get, I don't the want way, the spoils. Okay, maybe not phrase it like that because that sounds like diarrhea so. <laughs> like said, don't give me the runs don't give me the spoils like that sounds a little little too much like you know don't give me the runs okay <laughs> i don't you never heard that phrase like oh that broccoli gives me the runs or whatever oh yeah yeah but it's like yeah. don't you like i, I, don't. I don't know <laughs> turn okay okay Moving I, was on. Just, just, I was just checking was, <laughs> speaking of checking uh hey ali what you up to hey you doing what's what's happening hi the spoils apparently bring in the spoils <laughs> um how have i been doing i'm doing pretty good this mythic pluses they were kind of high or you know, as as we have already seen in this episode, sometimes I'll, my brain puts weird words in there for when I'm describing things. And you don't so, breathe when you're doing high, difficult content. That's no. also true. There was a lot of not breathing last night. Um, but last night, for some reason, so saying a high key, it was a tall key. So we, we did some real tall keys last night. Let me tell you. <laughs> we did. I don't know. I'm weird. You know this. You knew this. You got into this business with me, okay? We got um, some high keys. We got some tall keys. <laughs> tall right. keys. Twenties are tall, okay? Okay, okay. Twenties um, are so tall. What's a grande did, key then? Do we have a venti key? Those are keys I don't do. I know okay. that's not. I'm that's that's too much stress. It's still it's I, like no. a twenty-five, twenty-five <laughs> plus as a venti key. Mm, no, thank you. Twenty twenty is probably my limit. That was we didn't. So it was a twenty rise, which. 
a lot of people do higher keys, like, but not not the grandes and ventes, you know, <laughs> just the tall keys. <laughs> the t- like, a lot of people do, like, you know, like, 18s to 20s, they say, like, that rise, um, which is, like, Galakron's rise, right, for, for the Mega mm-hmm. Dungeon. Yeah, yeah. Um, rise, kind of, the, the timer is a little unforgiving on rise. And so, I, we didn't time it. We went over time by, like, two minutes. But considering that I've never done a 20, it was a bursting week, which not a fan of as a healer. And it was like the end of the night. We were all tired. Like, that was pretty good. Like, I'll be two minutes over on Rise. Like, that was that was my first 20. So I'll take it. That was that was pretty good. Um, 20. Did, Cubis says a lot. Yeah, that was, that was that, I know I didn't breathe. It was a lot. Yeah, um, and we a, did a, a no breathing. Okay. Mm-hmm. 17 Neverbloom, which was much more doable. And I feel like we did an 18 something. More, you could breathe more in the 17. Okay, I understand. Yes. Moments I did not, but there was more breathing. 20. <laughs> probably wasn't healthy for me. Uh, but, so, yeah, so we did some keys and we got the uh, second last boss down of the raid. <laughs> and I think he's laughing at me, everyone. And then we did. Frock, shush. We did frock, and we actually like on like first night of frock on heroic, managed to get to phase three, which like for my guild that was fantastic. I'm so freaking proud of them. Um, so it was a pretty, it was a pretty good week. I took care of like some odds and ends. Like there's still plenty of collection things in the game I haven't done and all that jazz. So I did little things here and there, and I played some rumble and a little bit of black flag. Oh, I played the fuck out some rumble. Yes, who did? <laughs> but hey, why don't you tell us how you did that? How, how did uh, the rumbles and the Warcrafts and all of that go? Yeah, so we'll start with the Warcrafts because that's a really short story, everybody. Uh, we also made it to Thrak and then we're like, all right, guys, good job. We're packing it up. We'll we'll kill him on Thursday. So so we made it to Thrak and it was kind of funny because last time, you know, we made the joke. Oh, we haven't even killed Spoleron. Oh, geez. And it's true. And Allie was like, how would you we get ahead of you? And it never like, happens. Yeah, I guess it happened. never happens. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess it'll be a couple nights until we get past T Swift, right? Because, you know, maybe a, a night or two, right? That's kind of yeah, expected. He was all whispering me in game while he was doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, were, we, were, uh, tweet, yeah. We, were, we were chatting. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, we got Smolder on down. And, you know, Allie was like, oh, yeah, we got we got T Swift down. We're on for Rock now. I'm like, oh, shit. It's, it's a, it's a race is on. The race is on. <laughs> um, but I, we just figured, oh, okay, she'll get AOTC first. I get it. That's, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, that, no. That like that next poll. That very next poll we got. <laughs> we took that. Yeah, he was like, he had one wipe on T-Swift or Tandrel Swift Helm, whatever the name is. Yeah, what, and whatever his name. It, whatever, yeah, that, that one, right? The fire bird druid thing. And uh, he, he was like, uh, he was like, we had a wipe. I'm like, yeah, it's really like the seeds are kind of hard and to heal through and that their face can be a little rough and you know healer perspective here and the next wipe the next poll he was like yeah we got it down i'm like i i didn't tell you this but to myself i'm like i hate you damn it <laughs> so yeah that was my entire warcraft time uh it was pretty much that raid i didn't really have time for anything good. else um play the last rumble i'm up to 109 sigils and only one family away to the coveted 110 yeah, nice. I, I'm. I'm all, just like. Oh, I figured out how to beat that freaking Merc Deep. Mother Merc Deep. Ever. So I'm. I'm on the same zone as you. Pain. You're ahead of me in that zone. Merc Deep is a pain. Yeah, I think Merc Deep is like, dying of fire. Oh my god, it's the worst. Yeah. 
The worst you, one. You finally think you have pulled, you've gotten enough to go up there, powerful enough, maybe a healer in there. Like you got, you got, you got the army. They're all there, and he just like one shots them all. It's like, I hate you. I worked hard to build up with that. <laughs> ah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell everyone the secret because by the time I friggin' uh, this, by the time the wide audience uh, finishes this, I'll probably be uh, maybe one eleven, maybe one twelve. We'll see. Uh, yeah, here's the secret: bandits that will stun them for a second. Ooh, that's and a good one. cheat death spell. So that big old that's army a good one. Mm-hmm. for the whole cheat death spell. That army that's gets a, at least a couple seconds to will the crap out of them. And I also might, because if the bandits works for the stun, I also might have um, the harvest golem. Because I have I have the ability for the harvest golem that like when he dies uh, and you know, he comes back, like everyone gets stunned. Mm-hmm. And he dies again, like everyone gets stunned. So like that might help too. Boss can be stunned. There you go. That's how you, that's how you do it. Okay. I like, I like this. I like this a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. Cool. Warcraft like Rumble. Yeah. Uh, little, little Warcraft Rumble uh, tactics for you, everybody. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, the main reason why I haven't had a lot of time uh, for any of the gaming is because the 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 declutter of my grandmother's house continues. So that we are on week four of taking just an an immense amount of stuff to either the donations or to the to the dump because. Oh my goodness, uh, it's a lot. So I'm, I'll be happy when that's done. <laughs> Cause it's, <laughs> yeah, I've taken a couple pictures of my cars. It's just jam packed full, and I've had four car rides like that so far. Wow, yeah, that, that's a lot. Even busy. Yeah, lots of stuff. So and, uh, uh, and my grandma is actually going to be going on vacation just this uh, this coming up uh, weekend. So good for her. Yeah, she's gonna go see her sister down in Arizona. You know, all your old neck of the woods. Yeah, down there. Yeah, yeah. I know Arizona. Yeah, so uh, she's gonna yeah. be down there visiting her sister, and um, we're going to be uh, doing a very thorough cleaning of the place while she's out. That's there. the time to do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's what we will be doing this weekend. So hopefully we can wrap this up. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. So you want to hop into the whole. I sure do. I do. I do indeed. Hey there, listeners. Have you been enjoying these last few weeks of getting a show every week? Pretty cool, huh? Well, if you want to make those, if you want to make sure those weekly episodes keep going, showing up, going up, glowing up, they're doing such a things. Keep listening until the end of the show to find out how. I don't know why you'd want to after that, but. (laughs) And I'm sober. I'm drinking Dr. Pepper tonight. (laughs) With nothing in it. This is this is just 100% unadulterated us. This is just having good fun podcasting with friends. It's good times, guys. Good it is times. good times. It's good times. So let's keep the good times going. Although this is not from the show Good Times. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? Maybe it is. Now I'm confused. Now I'm confusing myself. I don't think it is. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I could be wrong. Editor Jin, go look that up and tell me if I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's from different strokes. Love it. All right, everyone. With the uh, War Within Alpha approaching, we're soon going to be getting a whole lot of early glimpses of the story that's going to be going into each of the zone, right? Maybe some possible spoilers into the leveling campaigns because, you know, 
Blizzard's been really good about with the encryption lately, right? A lot of the story stuff doesn't just leak out uh -huh. all over Twitter as much anymore, but uh, they're not perfect. Some of that stuff does leak out. We get some information uh, coming through. So you know what? I think it is a perfect time to start making our bold predictions, right? Let the hot takes fly. So that's what we're doing today. We're gonna we're gonna be going back over. We had a nice little revisit to just a beautiful time called BlizzCon that we were all in attendance to. And we're going to be trying to figure out what the Frick could actually be coming in this War Within Alpha. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into our very first clip. As Taryn mentioned earlier, we'll be called by the Radiant Song, dreamlike visions that come from the heart of the Azeroth. This summons is going to lead us to the subcontinent of Khazalgar, a place long forgotten. It's only through recent explorations in Oldemon that we've discovered a Watcher report concerning a contingent of earthen that was sent to this place long, long ago to investigate a fissure in the sector. What exactly that means, we don't really know, but we can probably speculate. Oh, we're gonna speculate the crap out of this. <laughs> what? We never do that here. What are you talking about? <laughs> So, thank you very much, Maria Hamilton, for the breakdown, and we're going to be going over all of this stuff that you talked about. So, first question, right? This is obviously going to be the very first thing that we have to figure out how it's all going to go down. Why and or how do we get to Sector AR-938 or Kazalgar, right? So, are we going there because of the voice that Maria already men mentioned, or do we think there's maybe something else going on? That's a good question. I think it's probably going to be mainly the voice, but I'm kind of wondering like the lead up to the expansion, you know, in in my 1026 patch as I'm calling mm -hmm, it. Yeah, um, I'm wondering if we're going to hang out with Night Squall, if Empire Dragon, do some exploring. And then through that exploring, we're going to maybe get some like our, our breadcrumbs, right? Of being like, hey, there's something over there. And maybe as we get over there closer, when Flynn and Matthias takes Gen and uh, Thrall and I don't know, other NPCs. I'm just naming names now. Um, I just want Flynn back really is all it is. But like, <laughs> as say, like as okay. as they explore, right, with the Night Squall and get a little further west, maybe the voices get louder, right? And then it's like, that's where we need to go. Okay. I mean, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, because I mean, so... Going off of just the, the cinematic that we had with Thrall and Anduin, right? They're down in Silithus, right? I don't really necessarily know how they knew to go to Silithus, right? If you're just hearing voices, I mean, is it saying, if you build it, they will come, right? Or are they saying, go to Silithus? Because how does Azeroth, the world soul, know what that zone is even called? I mean, to her, that's like her left shoulder blade, right? Like, so... <laughs> Look, the, the, the thing, the, I was going to say the woman, but that's, I don't know if that's right. The world sold the world. Azeroth. Yeah, there you go. The Azeroth, as Maria called it. The Azeroth. The Azeroth has a sword sticking out right there. Okay, you know, owie. It, it, yeah, that would make sense. It, right? It would make sense that, you know, maybe, maybe there's certain areas. You know how there's the whole thing with ley lines, right? Like there's certain areas that have more magical arc, energy and arcane. Like maybe there's areas where... The voice is louder, right? Be, like maybe Silith is one of them because of this giant owie right in her back. And maybe, maybe something out west is another area where it's loud because of whatever is going on over there, right? So maybe 
we're being drawn and called to these areas where it's louder. And maybe that's why Thrall thought maybe Andon was going to be out until this. Maybe. Or maybe he... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're obviously going to find out a whole lot more what's going on with these voices. Because so far it's been... I hear it. I hear it too. Oh, it's the voice. Well, <laughs> See, what's driving me nuts about the voice, and we might talk about this eventually, but I'm just going to say it now, because I'm, I'm just calling my shot now. Like, there that's, is... that's the episode for this, so call it now. All right, that's what I thought. So there is the Ilgi whisper that says, its surface blazes bright, masking shadows below. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. I now, see why you're talking Rob, about this now. Like we saw in the cinematic for War Within, that we saw, we saw the... Surface the, the blazes very bright. Yeah. From Azeroth, and that surface was blazing real bright. It looked like a damn star, is what it looked like. Right? It really did. And masking shadows below. We got the whole Harbinger thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, plus there's all the old god stuff. Is there a fifth god? Is there not a fifth god? Who knows? Like, oh, we'll get into that. So, don't you. <laughs> So like, you I'm, just, I'm just pointing out that there might be something more to this because the old gods are good at working through whispers, right? Like, what if Azeroth is actually corrupted at this point? Like, and that's why there's whispers. That and sounds like something, of, like something that works for the void, though, would say. It's like, oh, no, we already corrupted her. <laughs> Even if they really hadn't. I mean, I do have a priest, but, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, like, it's, I feel, I mean... Have we gotten an answer for this one yet? It surface blazes no. bright, masking shadows below. No, not really. We have various thoughts of what it could be. Like, could it be Zara? Could it be the Sunwell? You know, could it be Trillian disguising Illyria? Like, we have this discussion back in episode twelve. Go listen to it. It was fantastic. But that is a classic. That, maybe that's the, that was the impetus of Jin bright. sitting down. <laughs> God, that's still one of my like proudest moments of podcasting to this day. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so that like there there could be something to these whispers and visions and stuff. But for now, we'll just keep going with, you know, it's Azeroth and they're being drawn to where it's loudest. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can go with that. Um, uh, so, okay. I, I mean, just all, all great discussion, all this. And um, the question with your patch coming up, uh, um, you know, probably <laughs> your patch will be on the PTR before we know it. We'll probably get an update to the roadmap letting us know what's even coming in 10.26. I guarantee within yeah, the next two... Mean? Within the next two weeks, we will probably have some type of answer because this... They, oh, it's going to make me so happy. Yeah. It, it, the next patch goes up on the PTR very quick after a patch it goes really live. It really does. They've been cranking that out. Yeah, so we will be getting some information on what this is going to be coming. And speaking of your 10-2-6, is Night Squall going to be the one that says, oh, you want to get to that island? It's this way. I'll show you. I'm thinking so. It makes sense because we had the whole, like, the Night Squall book and all of that. And why would they be leading, leaving these... Night Squall breadcrumbs if it's not to pick back up at some point in the future, right? I feel like it's just natural time to. Yeah, I, I don't think that they've actually put any red herrings into the into the game where they just deliberately put some lore book in there that was never going to pay off. I don't think they've ever right. done that. Which, I mean, if you start doing that, Blizzard, you guys are jerks. <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> I just... mean, I mean, unless you have like, unless the payoff is not like years and years and years down the road like if it's a quicker payoff and it's like awesome then okay sure but they have a tendency to you know 
bench things and storylines for a very long time with no payoff. Yeah, so I'm just saying, if some of these Ilganoth whispers that completely 100% never pay off, it's kind of messed up. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are very old at this point. Yes. Uh, so anyway, so it's, I, I, it sounds like I, you and I are in agreement. The Night Squall will play a role in getting to Kazalgar or Sector AR nine three eight. Yeah, got it right. Gosh. But yeah, got it right. He's in the <laughs> Titan nomenclature here, everyone. All right. Do we think we will be aware of Zaltath at first, like before we even go? And I'm thinking the answer is yes because we already went through the the roadmap with ten to seven, and we had the Harbinger like quests that was already yes. called out. So we'll know that Zaltath is in play, I'm assuming, kind of at that point. I think so. I don't know how much she's... I don't see Zaltath being the type to want to disguise too much what she's doing. Like, I'm sure she'll just... I mean, we have a relationship with her at this point, right? Yes, yes, we do. And she may not show all her cards, but she's going to show some. I feel like she's going to make her presence known. And... Well, I mean, if you are a harbinger, you need to harbinge. You need a harbinge, and and I'm I'm hoping we get some kind of priest payoff. I'm not expecting a payoff for the stupid eye that's still in my head. I mean, if you want to make the but that would be cool. Uh, if you want to make the the you know speculation, the freaking hot take. Ali gets her payoff, and apparently Taliesin too, because I think he's got that stupid eyeball on his head as well. You priests, man, you priests are weird. <laughs> Have you seen what we do? <laughs> There are times we have tentacles growing out of our back. <laughs> the whole thing. Now we got them coming up from the ground. Oh, so you guys are responsible for the hentai. I got it. I understand. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> anyway. You've been known to dabble. Yeah. <laughs> a little dibble dabble. You know, it's a little squishy sounds, you know, tentacles and all. <laughs> All right, so obviously, while Allie dies over there, I'm going to just keep reading because <laughs> during Maria Hamilton's little spiel there, she was talking about some analysis reports, some wreckage, right? Allie's still dying. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to give everyone a quick reminder of what she was talking about. So I'm sure she wasn't going to read it during the presentation, but here we go. Here, This is just a snippet. I only, like, we're doing the abridged version because these are actually kind of long, some of them. But here's the part that matters. Okay, Allie's back, everyone. She's just getting a sip of water. Okay, okay, no. Oh, okay, I shouldn't have called it out. <laughs> Surely you can see that further pursuit in the heretics is folly. Yes, they must be made to answer for their crimes against Inaria, which we don't know who Inaria is, and the other keepers. But their defenses are not to be underestimated. The resources required to breach their lines are simply beyond our current capabilities, at least not without jeopardizing containment of the prisoners in our charge. The prisoners at this point, we pretty much know those are the old gods, right? Of course, you can't, can't release those guys. Though I agree there is risk in allowing their strength to grow. Evidence suggests that their aggressive nature uh, of the heretics will cause them to turn on one another and weaken their resolve. If we can be patient, an opportunity for retribution will present itself. I beseech you, Prime Designate, let the fire of your wrath cool, at least for now. Its embers will be rekindled in due time. So we will talk more about that a little bit later. (laughs) I do want to say that I remember when Maria Hamilton acknowledged the wreckage analyst report. Like, I I got excited. I was like, (gasps) yeah, absolutely. It's a thing. She knows it. She said Mm -hmm. it. 
Yeah. It was, so, like, it was like a little like love note to like the lore nerds. Like, uh-huh. hey, you all know this. Look she kind of did the, I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It was yeah, fantastic. This is real. That's, we, we don't put it in the game just for funsies. All right. Uh, and next one is, this is the the other one, but this is really quick. It's just the observational report on the earthen. One particularly notable variant can be found in the earthing contingent dispatched to investigate the fissure detected in sector AR-938. For further details, search records related to geological anomalies. In the course of their duties, these earthen began to manifest behaviors analogous to those which would one day be apparent in the self-styled dwarves, despite the two groups being separated by vast swaths of time and distance. So obviously this is talking about the earthen, and it's also talking about a big fissure in the ground that they were sent to investigate. Which, as we get more into this, this will be a little interesting. Here we go. Here is my first question. Will Odin play a part in attempting to make the Earthen pay for their crimes against Inaria, as the report suggests? Maybe? I, I feel like Odin's going to have some part in this or something to say. I'm not sure how big of a part he's going to play. I've gone back and forth on that. What are your thoughts? So we'll, we'll get more into this as a or we play another clip in a little while. It's going to come back up. Marie was talking about this, but it certainly feels like they are setting up the earthen to be described as they have issues right now with their society. They have three different sects and we're going to discuss it further on in the episode, but they currently can't have kids. There's no children coming out of the earth and right now we have to do something to help them. So this may be Odin's opportunity that this analysis report was referring to. Oh, yeah. Right. It's basically saying that evidence suggests that their aggressive nature of the heretics will cause them to turn on one another. They have. It has weakened their resolve. A third of them, like all they have three different separate branches that they talk about. Right. So if we can be patient, an opportunity for retribution will present itself. This may be that opportunity as their, you know, forces have declined over time. Right. Because. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. As we're, we're also kind of as Allie and I are finishing up uh, reading the War of the Scaleborn. It takes a while, everyone. Um, one of the things that they talk about is these dragons and just like these keepers, they make plans over hundreds and thousands of years in, a, in the future. Right. Their brains and thought process do not operate on the same time scale as the rest of us. So to a keeper, it doesn't matter that it's been 10,000 years. This is this job's forever. So the opportunity has presented itself. Hey, he don't forget grudges. I mean, are you kidding? Look at Odin. He does not forget grudges. No, <laughs> that guy's a jerk. So that is why I'm thinking we might find out who Anaria is. Right? That I don't would know. be nice. I don't know who that is. Apparently, it's the way it's written. It almost sounds like Anaria is another keeper. Anaria and the other keepers. Yeah. Right? That indicates that Anaria is a keeper we don't know about. Which is like... That's intriguing. So yeah, maybe we'll find out what's going on there. All right. And here's the other part of the the, the whole uh, note that uh, is interesting. So the prisoners that are charged were clearly the old gods, right? This pretty much makes sense that all the prisoners in our charge. Now that they're dead, he can direct additional resources at dealing with the earthen as well. Right? Because that was what the note said. It's like, you know, where where did it say? It's like, you know, opportunity, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
The resources required to breach their line of defense are simply beyond our current capabilities, at least not without jeopardizing containment of the prisoners in our charge. Those prisoners are gone. Yeah, right. So this, I mean, Maria called it out in the freaking presentation. So I'm saying, I'm saying, hey, Maria, I'm reading what you're saying. Odin may want to do something is all I'm getting at. Odin, what? Never. Yeah, He's yeah. going to just go chill. He doesn't ever cause fights or issues or take his ball and go home. Nothing and like we, that. We, uh, one of our allies did just make, you know, all his storm drakes go bye bye. <laughs> so he might be a little pissed right he now. He might be upset. Maybe he's set, he's ready to <laughs> settle some grudges. Like he's he's all pissed off and he's, you know, veins are Odin's on the warpath. Pumping piss and vinegar through him and he just wants to break something. <laughs> he's pissed off. I don't have my dragons anymore. Some uppity dragon came and took him. That's what Odin <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> not at all what I could have guessed, but let's go with it. All right, now Maria actually talked about what Ter- Taryn was talking about earlier, so let's listen to what Taryn also said as we kind of move past all that fun stuff. Zalatath has returned, freed long ago from the black blade that once bound her. She is now the harbinger of a new era of the Void's dark machinations, and her message is clear. The Black Empire has fallen. The old gods are dead. And their ancient blood runs deep within the cracks of the world. We, the heroes of Azeroth, destroyed them. The forces of the Horde and the Alliance have proven time and again they are among the most powerful armies that have ever stood. The Harbinger has watched this. She is patient. And while the Black Empire failed, Zalatath now seeks to set in motion the rise of a new dark legacy, one that knows our true strength and will seek to test it against a new threat of terrible power, the Nerubians of Ashkahet. All right. So the lot of info just dumped there, okay? But I love Terran. Yes. But first thing it we got to ask, <laughs> we got to ask, are the old gods truly dead? I don't think so. I remember when he was saying that. My first thought was, though, are they really, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are because they, or did they I, just return to the void? Okay, and, and listener, if you did not catch this, I just want to point this out, why we're even speculating this. Because Terran is not saying the old gods are dead. He is not making that announcement. What he is saying is this is the message that Zalatath brought back to the void. She is saying your people, your forces, the, your old gods... They failed. Send me instead. Yeah. Right? Whether that's true or not, right? Because that's just what she's saying. We don't know Which if make- the old gods are truly dead or not. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes a lot of sense that she would want to be the one to point that out because of how she was treated in the past by some of these old gods, right? So it makes sense that she would want to be the one to stride in there and be like, you all failed. Your, your people are gone. They failed. I'm still here, bitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and just out of curiosity, what about the fifth old god that Deathwing didn't contest in his notes in the margin lines, right? Maria already called it out. The lore books are a real thing. So uh, we got to pay attention to him. Um, That's a good point. So do we think Zalatath may be the fifth old god that just got, you know, maybe... Zalatath was truly the weakest, not Nazoth. And, you know, Zalatath got captured in the blade. 
I think it's possible. I've gone back and forth over the years on if I think she's an old god or not. But with all this talk of the fifth old god and all that jazz now, it kind of reignites that theory for me a bit. But then there is this whole, you know, surface blazing bright whisper and everything. And like, is is there an old god hiding down there? I don't know. Maybe it's Zalataf. I don't know. I'm excited. <laughs> Wow, uh, apparently uh, this is going to lead us right into the next question. Um, did shadow priests across the world just damn us all? <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. But then we'll heal you with the light. It's fine. <laughs> what we do. All right. And, and also just for funsies, uh, do you think they'll ever address the fact that there was like a million priest players uh, are the ones that ruined everything for us? Like it was a whole bunch of them. Not supposedly one single champion. Do you think I'll ever? No. Uh, no. 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 Okay. <laughs> They're just going to do like uh, Final Fantasy. They're like, oh, the hero of the light. Right. So like wh- whoever the stand in for the priest uh, player is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Something like that. Like, you know, they're, they're not, I mean, you've never done that before. They're not going to do it now. Like, it's just, that's how it is. You know, in every cinematic, you know, it's your player and you are the representation and that kind of thing, or we're all champions. Yeah, whatever, they kind of so. try to do that in the uh, in the World of Warcraft comic books the series, though, because they kind of created these like comic book characters that were stand in for the different classes. Right. They even had an action figure line for them and everything. That's true. They they did. <laughs> they absolutely did. <laughs> Allie and I know this. <laughs> we have some. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, to, like with all of that they definitely did some of that so I'm just assuming that oh it's just gonna be the champion right they're not gonna create a whole comic book series and invent a priest I mean that'd be cool but yeah it's just it's gonna be representation it's gonna be what they have always done okay okay yeah so uh we get we heard it here first everyone the shadow priests across the world damned us all okay <laughs> yeah but but then the holy priests and discipline priests healed the tree of Emil for all of you. So... So... Uh, we're, we're sweet and spicy. It's fine. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, it makes sense. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like, the, it's just like the demigod uh, Maui, you know? It's like, what can I say? Exactly. Except you're welcome. <laughs> exactly. See, we get it. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It makes sense. All right. Zalatath now takes on the title of Harbinger. What is Zalatath signaling the approach or return of? I don't know, because it's it's one of those things where the whole thing is Ashara, right? Like, Ashara's been gone. She disappeared through the Void Tear. And so one of the theories is she's the harbinger of Ashara, which I have a hard... I had and still have a hard time believing that Ashara is more powerful than Zalatath. I'm really wanting to know like what the power structure is, I think, with all this void old god stuff and whatnot, right? Um, but we also have this whole Eridicron thing now. So could it be a, something with Eridicron? Is Eridicron and Ashara hooking up? And now they're ruling everything. <laughs> like, who knows? I almost did it to him. <laughs> Ashara and Eridicron <laughs> hooking up. All right. Like what is going on? Like I don't, like no, like really, like who? Like who do you think? Actually, that she's I, the harbinger I, of. I had a thought about that. So hey, it makes sense. So so we got Jaina and, and Caligus, right? So you yeah, know, yeah. right. 
Um, it can happen. Yeah, yeah, it can happen. A and, and a dragon, why not? Yeah, and also, it uh, was discussed in the same at War of the Scaleborn that Malagos just straight up av- invented visage forms. Yeah, just forms. created the... Yeah. Just used some magic. It's like, yep. There you go. Met magic. Look so, however you want. So, yeah, the, I was like, well, if that's just a magical visage... What's to say a human couldn't just do it in the opposite? Jane is like, I'm a dragon now. <laughs> Polymorph themselves. Uh-huh, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a floating sheep, he's just like, I'm a dragon. <laughs> Hi, Caligos. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what's Let's this? go have fun. <laughs> it's like an episode of Dragon Tales up in here. It's like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'm just saying Ashara is like one of the most powerful uh, mages ever, so, you know, she could turn herself into a stone drake. Sure. (laughs) Sure. No, like, how are you feeling about this whole, like, Ashara's possible role in all of this? Do we think we're, do you think we're going to be seeing her? Obviously, she's going to be making an appearance. I don't know when, I don't know if it's at, wait until midnight, or if it's going to show up in the war, in the war within. Uh, I don't know. Do you think she's a like in the power structure of things, do you think she's above Zalatath or below Zalatath? Above Eridicron or below Eridicron? Oh, if we're, we're, we're putting together an org chart now? Okay. Um, in my mind, I need this. Okay, uh, we're going to put an org <laughs> chart here together. And this is actually really challenging. Like, um, it is. Just because of the history and how much of a fan favorite she is, I actually think Ashara would be number one on the list. Okay. And then it would be Zalatath and then Eridicron. Because based on the cutscene, it looked like Eridicron was almost working for Zalatath the way he was... It did. It, yep. it kind of had that vibe, right? I'm, I'm not saying it couldn't have been the other way around where the two just kind of like simpatico, like same power level, like power twins activate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been that. But um, seems to me that yeah, it it like I said, it goes Ashara, right? Because if if in fact you are correct, and it is Ashara that she is the harbinger for, because it does kind of make sense. I mean, she is going to be making a return, right, or an arrival. But to yeah. me, it really it's it's either harbinger of the void or Ashara. That's, yeah, that's the only that's like kind of the only two things I can kind of come up with, especially after that's true. Think about the giant void rift that just got thrown in our face at the end of, you know, 10.1 with Starcraft yeah. and all that. So it's like there's some voidiness that they're trying to be like, hey, look over here. The void's a thing. <laughs> that's true. Now, I guess I didn't consider that. She could just be straight up harboring, harboring, sure, harboring. <laughs> It's like a she's haberdashery. Harbor? Haberdashery, <laughs> what? Um, she's being, could be the harbinger for the entire void. It may not be a particular entity. That's true. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, she's going to be over here in Azeroth going, hear ye, hear ye. Y'all mother effers are doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your help. <laughs> now I can do this. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, Zaltas going to kill us all. Nice. Uh, or at the very okay. least, she's going to like let us know who's going to be doing it. Awesome. So, Zaltas' initial plan is to work with the Nerubians of Azkahet. Uh, Az- Azkahet, whatever. Yes! Azkahet. So, what exactly is their goal there? you have any, any, any ideas? 
any thoughts, right? Because what plan do we ultimately ruin during the first raid? Because that's... Right, that's what it would be. I don't have ultimate plan. Like, Well, I'm not saying we ruined her ultimate plan. We just, like, knocked well, down yeah, one... Yeah, you know, true. One piece off her I mean, chessboard. And the Nerubians of Azkahet are probably one piece. Either to sow chaos or... Keep us distracted. Create a distraction. Yeah, exactly. Like, a distraction while, you know, something's happening over here, right? So... Uh, maybe one of those two, and maybe in 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 completing that first raid, we end whatever that initial plan is, and that's when we start to see what the bigger plan is. Oh yeah, and keep in mind, everyone, we have with the two of us, we have not played through any of the ten two five epilogues, so no, <laughs> so, so not yet. So if any of what we're talking about here shows up, uh, <laughs> we're like, oh, that's actually, guys, you got it wrong. That's why we made the joke in, in the beginning about the different record day. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe don't come at us this week when when this episode drops. Yeah, and if and you say do, you guys were wrong, you're so stupid. Here's this and this, and like, so, so, for sorry. <laughs> Appreciate the we feedback. were recording instead of playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I actually really like the idea that now now granted they just did this with ten one. Right, where literally all of the everything that we did there in ten one was a distraction, right? Right. Farak was distracting us, uh, so for to allow Aridicron to do the whole timeways thing, and yeah. it also um, gave Viranoth apparently some time to I don't know betray them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, the ten one was literally a distraction. That's the entire purpose of that raid, like Sarkrift didn't really matter in the long run other than letting the you know the story team uh put some void crap on our face saying this is a threat this is a threat don't forget there was a void thing that happened and made him deathwing and went turned crazy and look there's stone carvings for it on the wall yeah yeah so I, i'm i'm on the board i, I think that zaltath is making this deal with the nerubians and not really telling them why she's doing it. She's just like, oh, yeah, you know, you, you and I are both aligned with the, you know, our masters, the void, right? Because the Nerubians are originally the, the Akir who were literally old god drippings. So it's like, right. They're, they're, te- they're team void, right? So when, when Harbinger for team void shows up, they're probably on board, right? Like that's, yeah, that makes sense. That's my thing. But, um, I think the, I, that's that's weird because we'll, we'll come we'll kind of we're gonna circle back on that because um it, it it's it's interesting because Maria has another line about them later that we gotta 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 circle back on so well let's go ahead and keep this train rolling because we got a lot more to get through because there's a lot that they, they dumped in there that I wasn't necessarily yeah. <laughs> paying attention to at the time because it felt like everything they said was like a coded message it was like weird true <laughs> or maybe i'm just insane but this that's it's what the, that's why this is maybe fun. maybe both uh well anyway let's talk about some earthen real quick because uh we're gonna let maria kind of like jump off here philosophically they are guided by the edicts of the titans a set of codified orders duties and expectations that provide instructions for the core functions of their society you know titans order all that right but the Titans have been absent for eons, and the Ursin are no longer united in their adherence to these edicts. They now exist as three groups that are estranged from each other. Okay. 
this is where I kind of was saying this is some interesting stuff here. Anyway. Odin sends forces after these heretics, yet Maria is saying they are following a set of rules passed down by the Titans themselves. What's going on? How can these be the heretics if they are following the Titans' edicts? Well, it's probably the heretics in Odin's mind. But you know what I mean? If Odin is yeah. team, team Titan, and these are team Titan, team, teen Titan. Sounds like I'm saying teen Titan. Teen Titans. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's see. How is Odin, like, I I guess one of the main things that Odin was different than others on was the whole dragons, right? Empowering yeah. the dragons. Yeah. He was against that. So maybe, I mean, I don't know what these earthen would have to do with that, though. But maybe, maybe these particular earthen were more team tier or something like that. And so Odin saw them as heretics. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. Okay. So I, I'm glad that you caught that same, what I'm saying here. Cause I, I was puzzling over that for a while. So I was like, am I crazy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. The fact that it's like, this is the Titan scene. And the only thing I could come up with is as we, kind of go back to the, the book and everything like that. It talked about how they were sent there to investigate a fissure. Right? Right. And what is, and I think there's a clip where Maria mentions it, but that's the core way as they talk about it, right? The fissure in the ground, that's the core way. Right? So it, to me, it almost sounds like maybe these earthen didn't get the message actually from the Titans, but they just happened to think it was a Titan. Maybe the edicts that were passed down to them came from Azeroth herself because they were down in the fissure investigating it. And that's literally a direct passageway uh, into the world, down to the world's hole. That could very well be. I mean, we've seen now that Azeroth can do things like Azeroth empowered the aspects again, which uh, not all of us expected going to, into this expansion. So Azeroth's, Azeroth's up to something. Yep. So it could be. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, Marie goes and goes on to explain some of these uh, the different uh, groups. There's the Oathsworn, Machine Speakers, and the Unbound. All right, let's start with the Unbound here. She describes them as rural, re- as rural residents of the Isle and no longer hold any adherence to the Titans' edicts. All right. So they're basically like, yeah, man, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sovereign citizen. I don't need to pay my taxes. Um, no, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of how it described to me. <laughs> that's, that's how I mean, they were described as Earl and all that, you know, so that's where my brain went. <laughs> so do you think we'll actually be interacting with the Unbound in like a at least initially a positive like we're we're buddies or do you think we're actually going to get some go kill 10 Unbound Earthen quests? My gut. Well, do we know? If the Oathsworn and Machine Speakers, like if, if these Earthen are going to be our enemies going over there, like are the Unbound potentially the neutral sect of it? And maybe we work with them. I mean, I'm assuming that eventually we will be um, interacting positively because they've already said that they're going to be an allied race. But yeah, true, true. I'm, I'm thinking it might they be start like friendly. Right. Or maybe the Unbounds are the ones that are a little like unruly that we do have to kill. Yeah, I don't know, because I don't know how the question is going to be. I'm going to guess neutral. I think they're the neutral ones that we start working with, and that's how it all begins. Okay. 
All right. It's probably wrong, but I'm going with it. No, I mean, if we land on the outskirts, probably not anywhere near the coreway, that's going to be the rural uh, area. And it's definitely not the machine speakers. We already know where the machine speakers are. They're down in like the ringing depths or whatever. So they're right. like, they're like down. They're, they're downstairs. Them's downstairs dwarves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we, then we got the, the oath sworn. They are the liberal elites living in the big city and still believing in the Titans edicts. Right. Now, if we start out, we're working with the Unbound. I'm assuming the Unbound are going to be like, go, I don't know, go rig their election or go, I don't, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Maybe we help the Unbound. They're like, okay, thanks for helping us. Here's what's happening on this island. Here's what's happening in this area. Here's what's happening to Azeroth. Now you have to go to the Oathsworn and convince them to work with you or something like that. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I can see it. I'm not really sure how it's going to roll all go down, especially if they don't really like each other. That's kind of like where I'm. How's that? Yeah, good point. How's that initial right. kind of like handoff from the Unbound over to the uh, to the Oathsworn going to work? Or maybe we're the one to unite the clans. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're um. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what we're going to have to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Um, but anyway, we got the machine speakers. And based on what Maria explained, I'm not super clear what's up with these guys. Obviously, they fix the machines in the ringing deeps, but I don't really know. Because she actually said um, they followed the edicts in practice. Uh, or they no longer followed the edicts in practice, but they, they still feel like they're following the edicts. I don't know. It's weird. It was weird how she said that. It has something to do with Titan, like the original Titan plan. That's not the plan. No, that's stupid. I have no idea what this means. Yeah, I mean, it I got, was I like nothing. they think they're following the Titans edicts, but they're really not. Right. So anyway, uh, that's just going to bring us up into a little bit of this. These different perspectives among the Earthen and their variable adherence to the Titans' edicts has weakened the society as originally structured. And that's not good, of course, but a much more serious problem is their steadily dwindling numbers. For reasons that I'm not gonna get into here and now, new Earthen can't exist until we help them out by doing some things and unite the Earthen society once more. And this is the clip I was talking about, because do you think the fracturing of their society will bring down Odin's wrath in the form of me having to take up arms against my own Valajar? No, that would be, no, no. I don't know. Odin might send his Valajar no. after me. And I, I hope do. not. That would, but. I mean, if, but the, if he's got to attack the heretics, some, who's going to attack other than his Valajar? Aren't there some Valajar that didn't end up not following Odin? No, no. Because like Tyr... <laughs> Tyr had his Valajar. No, Tyr didn't have Valajar. Valajar are actually the dead spirits of, you know, Vrykul. Oh, yeah, good point. That are Vrykul. Put, yeah, yeah. That they were put yeah. into, like, the stone bodies to basically... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're ...on right. Curse of Flesh them. So he kind of created his own mini Shadowlands. Right? He went and found the best and the, the, the greatest That's warriors right. of them all. And, right, that's, you know, why Helia became a freaking... You know, spirit healer that sucked for her. Yeah, I was think I was thinking because like like we just talked about last episode how Tyr was asking where his Vrykul are, and he said Vrykul, not Valajar. You're right. Yep, yep, yep. It's gonna be the Valajar. I gotta take him down. Gonna... That would be so f- weird though, because like for all you warriors, right? Like warriors, hmm. bling, bling, come bling. out to play. <laughs> Anyways. 
Yeah. Anyways. I mean, what are, what are you thinking? You're the warrior. What do you think? Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking yes, and I think it's gonna be great. Oh, you can do some cool <laughs> storylines with it. Oh, it's gonna be badass. That's true. You can. That that'll be fun. Yeah. Like especially. Oh, if I get like a warrior only like interaction with this. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you like. I mean, it's possible. I'm I'm hoping to get some priest only interactions with Zalcast, right? Just like, saying. so you you guys should get I, your warrior ones. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, you priests are probably over there going, <laughs> right? Because you had like a freaking whole expansion with her whispered in your ear, and you're like, I just love her. I still use it as a transmog. Often, I'm using Gosh, it right now. She's just the best. She's the best, right? <laughs> this is the freaking shadow priest over there, and we're just like, well, I mean, we had a. Aqua Teen Hunger Force, basically, that went and did some stuff for us every <laughs> once in a while. Right? And to have them betray us, their Valajar, oh man, that'd be good. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm a little jealous of the priests. So give me at least a little, some crumbs. Oh, we, absolutely. You can have your crumbs. <laughs> <'Cause> the, <laughs> and more, the, maybe more. The priests are freaking feasting over there with this Zalatath crap. Come on, we're gonna get three expansion with Zalatath in the background going, I told you. <laughs> I'm very excited about Zalatath. <laughs> I can't deny anything you're saying right now. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, there's also this business about the earth and not taking care of business. Now, I know at BlizzCon I made a joke about my dwarf warrior had a thing he could do, uh, but in as much seriousness as we can actually muster over here on this <laughs> podcast. What do you what? really think is causing the Earthen's population issues? Well, how do you make new Earthen? I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm guessing it was probably the original, like the OG Earthen, right? And either something with Inara, maybe Inara had some way to make new Earthen, and now that's not happening anymore. Or something is happening where maybe the Earthen were decaying for some reason. And may- maybe... Maybe they're dying off for some reason. Crumbling. I mean, mean, maybe. Now, I don't know. The only hints that we've gotten so far is this whole, right? Evidence suggests that they're aggressive in nature, right? Um, The heretics will cause them to turn on one another to weaken their resolve, right? If we can be patient, an opportunity for retribution will present itself. So, I mean, to me, it's like saying that something about weakening their resolve because... Uh, I don't know what was going on for a long time, but I know dragons couldn't have eggs, and I kind of felt like, uh, oh, they've expended all their great power, or whatever, and the, like, it doesn't really make any, you know, biological sense, but they couldn't lay any eggs right. anymore because of magic reason. So it's probably something along those lines. We're no longer united as a people, so we can't get we can't get jiggy with it. That's just it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> broken (laughs) that would suck all right well um uh well maria hamilton gave us a little bit of a clue that it may have to do with us you know we gotta we gotta deal with the different groups having they got issues with one another because it sounds like what we're going to be doing is a little bit of this unite us unite the clans (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't know he i didn't know he was gonna play that everyone mm-hmm. there we go unite the clans unite us <laughs> unite <the clans. laughs> all right all right all right so that should be enough earth and for now it's time for what may surprise many of you the faction that i'm actually most excited for the arathi 
Yeah. Because in the zone Hollow Fall, we, no joke, will meet descendants of the original Arathi people, going all the way back to Thoradin. So these are descendants of the original Arathorian Empire, and they've arrived relatively recently and through some somewhat mysterious circumstances. And they find themselves trapped here within Khazalgar. Mysterious mostly because I can't say anything more about it just yet because of spoilers, but it's not like spooky mysterious, <laughs> it's the other kind. Yeah. Okay, so there's a story here, so where the hell do these people come from? I don't know. I mean, did they come from out west somewhere? Were they hidden in the storm? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I my assumption based on Arathi Basin and like that whole PvP area, like it was kind of on a like not a lot of people live there anymore, right? Like that's that was the vibe you were getting, right? Like, yeah, especially like the the state at which Strom found itself in classic times, where you know it was just a bunch of bandits that were living in there now, no actual Arathi. It's like no, that empire was was gone like the Arathi empires bye-bye and she's saying that they arrived recently what I don't get that so um how did they get there well if I don't know who they are I don't know how they got there so <laughs> that's true that's true but I think this is a perfect time for me to bring up uh, just a little bit of information that we should all keep our eye on basically Essentially, it seems that uh, Blizzard has decided that it would be a good idea to start putting lore into Season of Discovery. Okay, Allie made a face. Yeah, did you know that Zalatath can be found in Seasons of Discovery? It is a shadow... like Mogud or something? No, it is, uh, it is a shadowy figure, right? Because right now in Season of Discovery, the best gear you can get is Void-Touched. Hmm. I obviously have not been following Season of Discovery closely enough. <laughs> yeah, and um, and we're going to get into it in a second, but the other thing that is uh, that has been found recently is a giant crystal that fell into the earth from the sky. A giant crystal that emits a bunch of light. So, huh. Oh, hmm, interesting. It's like they're trying to sneak war within freaking stuff. And like, hee hee, oh, this is coming into Season of Discovery. The, the freaking sneaky, sneaky jerks. Sneaky jerks. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, d- by the way, with this whole how'd they get here, I have another question. Uh, did it have to do with pirates and or the night school? I'm just asking because I'm talking to Allie, but you never know. <laughs> maybe. M- maybe. Because he said he assembled a pirate crew. From, from from far and wide, so maybe he found the where the Arathi were living too. So, or maybe one of those Arathi wandered off or went to exploring, met Night Squall, and Night Squall's like, "Come join my crew." And he's like, "All right." He's like, "I like you. Who are your people?" It's like they're here, and then we got all the rest of the Arathi. I have no idea. I'm talking on my butt, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but I don't. Uh, I don't know. Like, what do you? Do you have any thoughts on that? Is Night Squall going to have anything to do with the Rathi? Yeah, in my opinion, no. (laughs) Probably not, but right now I'm just blaming, not blaming, that's not the right word. Right now I'm just accrediting a lot of things to Night Squall. There you go. (laughs) It's a nice way to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, so let's kind of keep going. Uh, On top of all that, these Rathi are devoted to the light, which you might think is weird because they live in an underground zone, right? Well, there's a giant crystal sticking out of the ceiling that emits so much light that it's like the sun. 
And flat earthers think we have, you know, because they just think it's like crystal <laughs> in the sky. Really, flat earthers, you guys are weird. All right, so what is... <laughs> <laughs> we lost a listener, damn. Uh, <laughs> well, so anyway, what is this crystal? It, is it a Naru or perhaps something more? I'm assuming it's a Naru, honestly. Well, uh, so, so number one, I'm just going to say based on the season of Discovery thing and also based, just based on the fact that it's just a big-ass crystal. It's a, this is a big ass crystal. Like it's not like a freaking big ass wind chime, right? It's not the right. It's none of that. Or maybe maybe it's a Naru somewhere else that got separated somehow, and so it's like a chunk of Naru. Yeah. To me, this I feel like we're going to discover is one of the realm of life's attempts to quote unquote corrupt the world soul. To yep. become lightiness, right? And I'm starting to think that the reason why anything light related has a void cycle, right? The Naru has a void cycle. It's because if you really go back to Chronicle, it talks about how in the beginning there was light and nothing else but light. Um, and the void formed out of the light where the light didn't touch. Like it was because the light lost power, the void formed. So that's probably right. why they had the Naru's as almost like an homage to the fact that it was the light that gave rise to the void. That's why they have void cycles. That's just right. my thought process. And because because yeah. you've never seen an old god go, I'm part team light now. <laughs> that would be really entertaining <laughs> with all these like light tentacles. And all of a sudden, like their eyes are all golden like, and <laughs> beautiful looking. <laughs> Very shiny. Yeah, I'm just saying you don't see it go the other way. That's that's all I'm that's all I'm saying. You don't <laughs> right. you don't see some monstrosity they from the from the ways. void. They don't go they don't go light. They don't go light. Yeah. So so that, that's that's what I'm thinking. And anyway, it's it, to me it literally feels like the light folks set up a you know ICBM and shot it at Azeroth to try and create a <laughs> for lack of a better term, a light titan. Just it's entirely possible. I mean, if you go back and read Chronic, I can pull it off on YouTube, but like in early, like beginning of Chronicles 1, it talks about like all those like light shards that like shot out into the great dark beyond, right? Like, yep. there we go. Yeah, it could be. That, 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 it could just be one of them. And, yeah. you know, if we're talking, if if the great dark beyond really is truly space, right? Some Sometimes it takes a long time for things to collide because space is huge. So it is. It could have just hit Azeroth randomly 20 some odd years ago when it landed in the middle of the lake in Season of Discovery. <laughs> oh, and fun fact. I just have to throw this out here. The reason why we should actually pay attention to this. Blizzard wrote a forum article saying that the new stuff in Season of Discovery, you can treat it as if it were found photos. So it is canon what they're adding into Season of Discovery. So... P pay attention. I did not to expect that at all. Yeah. Holy crap. So pay attention to Season of Discovery, folks. Um, apparently, there's new lore in there. Or at the very least, just hints of stuff coming. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had time to play Season of Discovery now. I know, right? I know. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> people were like, it only takes a year. It doesn't take that long to get to level 25. And still more time than I have. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I kind of already answered the little thing, other thing I got in the my um, 
my notes here. I was so I hear it's going voidy. Why? Yeah, we already talked about that. Lights. Yes. I think light things just inherently have a void thing busted in them. Yes. All right. Oh, geez. Now I gotta actually lean over and see what number I need to press because Maria needs to talk again because we got more to discuss. A constant swarm of Nerubians has been held back so far from invading the Rathi lands. The assault is unrelenting, the threat is dire, and the Rathi can't hold much longer. These bastions of light against the darkness are far from home and limited in number. Sure would be terrible if there was also division within the Arathi ranks. Just saying. So division in the ranks. Oh, Maria. What's that division? What's causing that? Um, probably some cult type people of the uh, Scarlet. Oh, we're throwing Scarlet up in here? Maybe. 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 <laughs> uh, what are what are you thinking? I'm thinking? That was my first thought. I don't know if that's right, but that was my first thought. Uh, as worshippers of the light, and the fact that we just already talked about light has this inherent problem of sometimes going voidy. <laughs> Nobella over here. <laughs> what? I am sweet and innocent. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Allie's sweet and innocent. Not Nobella though. That's. <laughs> I did put a lot of myself into her, so it's you know it's fine. And I think that's what happened. I think some of the Arathi have gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Twilight Hammer's cult. Yeah, basically some Twilight Hammer or some like, you know, homegrown Twilight Hammer, right? You know, could be. Yeah. Maybe, maybe as they are worshiping the light, right? Big time light worshipers. A couple of them were out at night when it went voidy and they're like, mm, I don't know. I that's don't know. pretty. Look at that. Just it's pretty all cool purple and black. Look, I like it. You can do little swirly things come out your sleeve when you do this. Uh, so, I mean... So many tricks. You do so many things with this it. Is, this is some form of cosmic power or deity that we can also worship, so it's not like it's like we're just making it up or something. Like, no, this is a totally real thing. Totally voidy. So they went voidy, and then, you know, then there's a conflict in the rank because they're like, no, team void. <laughs> I think I think that's what the conflict is going to be. I can totally see that, and I'm okay with that. You're okay with it? All right. If you're okay with yeah, it, and I'm okay yeah. with it. It's time for some Nerubian talk. So let's let's go let's go talk some Nerubians. All right. What's up with these constant attacks? And is this a Zalatath thing, or is it something else? I'm assuming it's a Zalatath thing. Maybe that's why how we get to meet the Arathi. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Because she's the one hang, hanging out with the Nerubians right now, right? Yeah, she's, or will be. Mm, oh, yeah, she totally so that makes is. sense. Yeah. She's totally the one that was, like, dabbling and dealing and doing dark deals, saying, right? Uh, yeah, in fact, I'm pretty sure we will um, get to that in a second. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you, you constant attacks, a Zaltath thing. Yeah, that's, you just think Zaltath is causing a ruckus and, you know, they're, they're going and doing all that, right? That's my only thought at this moment. Hey, that's my, that is also my only thought at this moment. So, uh, let's keep uh, let's keep the Nerubian talk going. How about that? These ancient survivors of the Black Empire who rejected their former masters have developed their own culture here in the deep darkness. So these Nerubians, as Maria just stated, rejected their former masters. All right. So are we saying that these are Nerubians that are no longer old god aligned? Is that, is that what we're actually saying? Is that possible? I, I mean... May, maybe? I mean, that's how she kind of phrased it. It's like these days. Or could could their former masters be like a Nubarak and 
Lich King. Well, I mean, it, 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 this specifically at one point, I don't know if I captured a clip that says it, but these are not undead Nerubians. These <laughs> yeah, are living Nerubians, so they yeah. would, it wouldn't be the Lich King. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, the Lich King just killed all the Nerubians he worked with and yeah. raised him back as undead Nerubian. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, what are you thinking? Uh, I honestly am not sure. I don't. I don't know what to make then of the Nerubians. Would that, would that make these different than the ones of Zalatath? Like, are these some kind of light spiders? Um, I don't know about light spiders, but it <laughs> kind of it kinda reminded me a little bit of. The Paragon of the Calaxi, right? The Paragons that we wind up working Good. with. Yeah, okay. That mm-hmm. That's the vibe I was getting, right? Because... That would make sense. And the, the next question I have to go along with that is, if the Nerubians ditched the old gods, what, why, why are they working with Zalatath? Right? Zalatath is very convincing. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> take, <laughs> take, take it easy there. She is. She is. <laughs> It's, it's she's true. Death. She's she's very charismatic. She's <laughs> like her and Juan Samdi are like right up there. We all know their trouble, but we just can't help but love them. Or maybe she convinced them that it's not about the old gods. Maybe it's about Eridicron taking down the Titans or something. Like maybe she like twisted it a little bit to make them like see differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, we, I guess we will have to find out. So... All right, so and I was gonna just say that because and after reviewing the presentation of these notes, um, I noticed something else Maria stated. So let's take a listen to this too. But domination hasn't come fast enough for the queen's taste, as the Arathi has managed to hold against this onslaught. So this deal with the Harbinger has included some assistance for her troops. Through some dark alchemical process, Zalatath has provided the knowledge required to evolve chosen Nerubians into paragons of their race, enhancing their viciousness. So this is why I said, oh, paragon. Where's the last that, time? Yeah, that's a good point. Where's the last time I heard them say that? That's 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 interesting. And we all know how that turned out. That didn't really <laughs> work out super well. Um, yeah. Well, in fact, Maria continued her thought by saying the following. But not all Nerubians share their sovereign's enthusiasm for change and her embrace of Zalatath. Shadowy figures with far too many limbs maneuver against the Harbinger's plans in opposition to the Queen's desire. Okay, so we worked with the Kalaxi, who stood against their mm-hmm. Queen when she was infected with the power of the Shah. Right? For some reason, they didn't like the Shah, but... Mm. But um, they ultimately betrayed us when Garrosh played the Heart of Yasarj card. Right? As soon as it right. wasn't just the spirit of fear or whatever infecting their queen, and it was a straight up the heart of their old god, they're like, oh, we're switching sides. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, that That's kind of like, it's kind of, I kind of feel like something's going to be happening because it sounds like we're actually going to be working with these shadowy agents, you know? It's who have far too many limbs. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny. <laughs> it feels like we're going to be working with those shadowy agents, right? Those Nerubians. That would make sense. That are have you know the I don't know the Cerise just saw Hamilton, so now I'm thinking of like the the rebels, right? They're trying to t- throw <laughs> off the monarchy, right? They're, 
Right. So that's that's how I'm taking it. They're like, like yeah, no, no taxation without representation or some crap like that. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's uh, that that's that's where I think it's gonna happen. We got we're gonna be working with these uh these Nerubians to tr- and I don't know how we're gonna be stop it, but obviously we know that the Nerubians um it's the first raid, so we're ever gonna be stopping it. Um, right. Or at least you know putting a damper on their day. Like, for example, we might kill the queen, but whatever they were trying, like, whatever their goal was, maybe they succeed. Because, you know, similar to um, in Dragonflight, where, you know, we kill Razagath, but the, the rest of the Incarnates got out. So, right. So it could be another right. one of those where we kill the queen, but Zalatas like, I have the other <laughs> thing that I'm going to use with you know, the thing I got from Rudicron, smoosh them together and. By your powers combined, I am Captain Planet. Ah. <laughs> totally how Zaltas sounds like. Yeah, she's a, a Snidely Whiplash, I think is his name. <laughs> okay. Something like that. Yeah, I think that was his name. Pro that mustache. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, do you think that that's going to totally happen again, though? Like, come 11.2, 11.3, if we get a point three. Um that we will actually maybe we'll get an allied race for the Nerubians. Maybe, maybe a lot of those players that are weird and they want to have far too many limbs as a character. Maybe they'll get an allied race. Do you think that would ever be a possibility? Maybe it wouldn't be my first socks. I feel like there's just so many other things that people are waiting for to be an allied race, but Blizzard likes to try to include allied races when they make sense. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I can already kind of think of a way that you could add, like, extra arms, even in the, like, the art assets. You'd have to treat the upper arms as, like, that's where the shoulder pads go and everything like that. And then just have some dangly bits, kind of like, uh, you know, the way that they, <laughs> you know, the, the way it feels like sometimes they just kind of, like, glue a ponytail on the back of their the character's heads. Right. Right? Just yep. glue a couple just like glue some limbs on there. Couple arms underneath <laughs> their arms and they'll just they'll clip through everything, but it'll be fine. <laughs> right. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, so uh so I don't know, we might get some Nerubian allied races or maybe they maybe the actual art team is like, um, hey Jin, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'll be like, Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to building art assets. So um <laughs> So yeah, I have uh, just yes, we're kind of like starting wrapping up because this is just a fun episode of just like pointing out things that people said, and I don't really know what it's gonna be because they're just like being super vague with everything that they're trying to say. But it's fun to speculate, right? So, do you have any any fun speculations and things like that before we start wrapping up here, uh, Allie? Like, what do you think is gonna be happening with all this that you just wanna like hot take? Um, no, because I think I've already interwoven all my hot takes in there with Zalatath and whatnot. My hot take is that in the end, Zalatath will be an ally. Ooh, okay, there's your hot take. Zalatath in the end will be an ally. Um, okay, all right. I could see how they could probably spin that. Um, Maybe... Ashara or a Riddicron or whatever's going on or some Void Lord or something is going off the deep end and blah, 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 or whatever, you know, is whispering inside Azeroth or something. And maybe Zalatath helps us because we helped her. She's like, all right, I guess I'll help you guys too. Fine, whatever. Okay. So 
And I think that's the funny thing about this whole world soul saga thing that they kind of dropped on us is it kind of feels like they're basically taking the same storyline that they would do in a single expansion and spreading it out and adding more detail and turning one expansion into three expansions so that they can spend more time on specific storyline elements and things like that to really dive into them. And the reason I think that's interesting is because normally the way my brain works is it's like, oh, okay, well, when we're kind of like assuming what's going to happen in the course of an expansion, right, with Dragonflight, 10-1 was kind of out of nowhere. But the fact that we dealt with Razagath, but the incarnates, we kind of, as we found out, they were, you know, released, it kind of led right into, oh, we have to deal with the, the incarnates, right? It's not that surprising, the the kind of the, the A to B to C kind of thing it's taking. But as I'm trying to think, like with Zalatath, for example, I don't know if she's going to survive the War Within and all the way through Midnight and, you know, the last Titan where she's maybe finally dealt with. Yeah, I don't know if she's going to survive that long. Yeah, like it's if she winds up being like a bad guy, like I, it's because of the way that they've already told us, oh, this is going to be this same story is going to be spread out across three expansions. She could easily stick around until some that like the midway point uh, of the last Titan and just trying yeah. to just trying to think about it, like where all of my hot takes are going to going to go, because it's like, yeah, my mind is that she's going to probably survive all the way into the last Titan. But that's not really how much of a hot take. That's probably what every single, you know, Zalatath fan wants. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but like in all honesty, as much as I like Zaltath, like I don't want it to be, you know, whatever happens, I, I don't want it to be forced. It should be a natural thing. Yes, I will take as much Zaltath as I can get, just like I'll take as much Flynn and Bonsomdi and so many other things, but you don't want it to be forced, right? Like you want it to fit into the story the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, yeah, the way it's kind of like broken down, it's going to be really interesting to kind of, kind of see because I mean, Maybe I am right, and maybe Odin is going to play a part in you know the story with the Earth in, or maybe that's just going to come down the line, kind of out of nowhere. Like maybe that's this weird random eleven point one because it it didn't. I mean, for example, if they had presented Dragonflight, um, if they, yeah, if they if they had presented Dragonflight at BlizzCon with the same level of like, here's a hint, here's a hint, everywhere a hint, hint, right? <laughs> Freaking. <laughs> Old McDonald's got a BlizzCon free. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> They're just dropping hints in every freaking sentence. That that is, it's it's kind of wild when you go back and listen to it after, you know, a couple months of distance. Right. If Odin does wind up attacking the um, you know, the the Earthen, I think that would be crazy if that was just like a random eleven point one raid. You know what I mean? Like, I could be like... Oh, yeah. Because who saw Sarkarith coming? I don't think anyone did. No. That's kind of like my hot-ish take is Odin's going to attack at some point during the course of the War Within. But I don't... Yeah, that's that's the the only thing I I got so far out of all this. Do you think he will at some point be a raid boss or even end of raid boss? I have a feeling, and here I guess here's my true hot take. Odin is going to die within the War Within. Is this just because you want to kill him, or do you think he's actually going to die? I think he's actually going to die. All right. I mean, it's entirely possible. Right. Like, other keepers have died. Like, there's nothing saying that Odin can't be killed. And if he's not killed, like, Tyr's going to have some some words with Odin, for sure. Yeah. So, 
the yeah, and then the fact that Tyr was brought back and he's all like, I don't know my purposes anymore. It might be like, oh, the keepers are messed up right now. I need to get them back in order. Like I need to I need to get them thinking back to the way that, you know, get back and get back in shape. Cause I think that might be what his he's gonna eventually deem his purpose to be is fix the frack that well, obviously Loken's dead. I mean, can't really you don't really want to bring him back. Um Mimiron no. is off his freaking rocker right now. Freya is like just I don't know. I just deal with plants and stuff, and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it might be Tears probably gonna remind them of what their great purpose is or whatever. I guess that's probably what it's gonna be. And and Odin like in that. his typical fashion is gonna be like, no mother ever. It's my way or the highway. Just like he did when he you know took his freaking old war chunk and turned it into the you know, the halls of valor right and i can i, I maybe Tyr has to kill him yes and That'd that's something cool. i i can definitely see happening and i really like the thought of Tyr, you know Tyr or uh going <laughs> and visiting the other keepers because in his quest to understand what's going on in his place in the world it makes natural sense that he would go talk to the other keepers yeah so i think that's what's going to be happening and yeah like i said spicy spicy hot take is uh Odin will not survive the war within. There you go. I like it. It's good. Now, we do have one final clip that we're going to wrap up here with. And um, as I was rewatching it, I didn't notice it the first time, but holy crap, this is the funniest thing on the planet. So here we go. This saga is only just beginning. What? Conceived to be. <laughs> yes. That was so loud. Well, I jacked up the volume so you could all hear oh, it. Oh, okay. But. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's dying. The saga has only just begun. What? What? I think that's going to be my new surprise sounder. I'm just going to. What? I love it. Please. Yeah, you should. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to add that to the soundboard. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh god. It's freaking beautiful. Anyway, so. How do we do, everyone? We were kind of all over the place, but I was trying to fit a lot into a hour and a half, and it didn't quite all fit. Uh, (laughs) Almost. Almost, almost. But anyway, do you agree with our speculations or guesses, or you just want to chime in and say, Jin, you're crazy? Uh, Let us know by hopping into the Discord at discord.livelaughlore.com, and you can say, what's up? Jin, you're crazy. Um, Or... Please do. I mean, say it lovingly. (laughs) So, so uh, yes, be nice. That too. That's all I'm saying. We do love gin, so but you can you can care. You can say I'm like my speculations are lacking in in information, and then I'll explain them in further context if you point things out, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's it. That's the end of the episode. So um, you want to do the do the thing? I do want to do the thing. That's right. We're at the end of the show, which means it's a part of the show. Or we say a quick thank you to every single one of our patrons that support us and keep the show going. If you'd like to join their ranks and support the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash live laugh lore. And while we do appreciate every single one of our patrons, and we love every one of them, every one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I said last time. <laughs> we do like to give a special thank you to our top patrons who all have very fun names that are very fun to say. And I have a hard time doing this with a straight face. And I thought I was going to go into this episode trying to do them off the straight face. I'm it's it's I'm going to fail. It's fine. Uh, so we got Slosh Adams. We got Monkey Valhalla. 
We got Chalil. We got Nicolobre. We got Craig Lemus. We have Ickus. We have Nadoon. We have Mud. We have Arhadon. Arf, arf, <laughs> I almost got through. Arhadon. We have Dungeon Master Burke. We have Mike Smith. And we have Dracorus. That, that's all of them. That's a long list. Thank you all so very much for being, being top patrons and being amazing. Yep. You all are the freaking best. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. All right, this is a little weird one. I don't care. Uh, I like this because we like to end every episode uh, with some, some good news. Yeah. But this time, I'm going to be dropping some facts that include the quote, badass from Botswana. Okay. <laughs> so recently, a Salt Lake City Jew zoo. Wow. Can't talk. Welcomed an eight month old black footed cat. A black-footed cat named Gaia. All right, so she weighs in a total of 2.6 pounds, but do not let her adorable face fool you, which I have included an adorable face in the notes. It is an adorable face. Oh, my gosh. My God. So freaking cute. Because the black-footed cat is the smallest wild cat in Africa and brings to the table a nearly 60% hunting success rate. Wow. Most predators in the wild can only boast ki uh, kill stats of about 25%. Only 25% of their hun hunts end in snacky time. Well, the uh, black-footed cat is ranking up in the 60s. So, yeah. So, as the article puts out, this cat is the badass of Botswana. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so the zoo's goal is to help uh, breed Gaia uh, once she has fully matured to assist the population of this vulnerable species. So, yeah, awesome. they're uh, helping out the species and get them all get nice and awesome because, oh, my God, these things are freaking adorable. And they're a badass, apparently. So sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. And speaking of badass, um, I'm just going to say it. this was a badass episode. It was a badass episode. That was a lot of fun. I didn't hear Dima talking about Odin doing some crazy crap. That's all, that's all my crazy head. <laughs> that's true. Thank you so much for listening to Live Laugh Floor. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at lizlafflorecast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughlore, and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash and you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at Jin's Joint, and you can follow Ali at Aliander's K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. Shenanigans are also desired. <laughs> 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 <laughs>